The Influential Woman, Episode 2. Inspirational, uplifting and encouraging content that makes a difference. Welcome to another episode of the Influential Woman Podcast. My name is Trish Jones and this is the podcast about women for women empowering and equipping you to take your position of influence. It doesn't matter if you're a stay-at-home mom, businesswoman, ministry leader, married or single, we all have a God-given purpose to take our position of influence in life. Well, today's date is the 12th of the 12th, 2012, a sequence of numbers that will never be repeated, not in my lifetime, not in my child's lifetime. And this morning when I woke up and got onto Facebook, not immediately, it sounds like I'm really sad, doesn't it? But I got onto Facebook and a number of people were talking about the significance or insignificance of the date 12-12-12. And there are even all kinds of predictions that the world is supposed to end in nine days. Have no idea what that is about, but I decided this morning once I'd read that, you know what, I'll just stay ignorant. I don't know what it's about. I have no intentions of going and finding out what it's about either. But the date, 12-12-12, it is significant if you decide that you want it to be significant, and it can be insignificant if you decide that you think that it has no significance whatsoever. But today is a different day for me, and I made a decision that I am going to make it a significant day. A lot has been happening in my life in the last couple of weeks, and uh, nothing bad. I decided that I was going to be doing more podcasts. I decided that I was going to do more video. And the reason I actually made that decision was because even though I can write, and I do write, I actually much prefer to talk and I much prefer to have conversations. So even with these podcasts, I'm not actually intending to do the podcast on my own. I have a number of different women and actually sometimes men lined up to do some of the uh, podcasts with me where I will be interviewing them or sometimes they'll even be interviewing me about certain things. But I decided that I'm going to use my voice because... I enjoy using my voice. You know, my husband will jokingly, or actually, I don't know whether he's joking or half jokingly, tell me, you love the sound of your own voice. I actually don't love the sound of my own voice, but I do enjoy engaging in conversation with people. And so rather than look at that as a negative or something not to be used, I started asking questions. You know, I remember one day I was in the supermarket car park and I said to God, I said, you know, look at someone like Mariah Carey, you know, they can sing. And so therefore somebody writes a song for them and they just go and sing it. And I remember distinctly the Holy Spirit challenging me about why I wasn't using my voice. What was stopping me from speaking? And if that's what you you love to do, why don't you do it? And I sat there and I thought, well, wow, how do I do that? Because I run a blog. And so, of course, if you run a blog, people expect that you're going to have to write. And I decided at that point that I was going to make more use of my voice. And so I will be doing articles on trishjones.com and womenofinfluence.com but I will be making much more use of the gift that God has given me. I will be doing more podcasts as I said and I will be doing more videos and I actually want to challenge you today on the 12th of the 12th 2012 to make a decision for yourself as to what you do with the gift that God has given you and the reason I actually make 
reference to the date and have been making reference to the date so many times already in this podcast is because this morning as I was coming home from taking something back to my daughter's school that I'd forgotten to take in this morning, I suddenly thought to myself, do you know what? People on Facebook are saying it's just another day. And as I said, some people are saying the world's going to end in nine days. Oh, poor things. You know, how many times have we been here before? (laughs) You know, as if we're going to get to the end of the cliff and, and fall off. But anyway, I suddenly thought to myself, you can make this day a significant day if you want, or you can make it insignificant. And I've already said that. But I decided that I was going to make the day a significant day. And this was the day that I was determined to start a movement. And it's like, wow, I can hear some of you now. What is Trish talking about? You know, to me, a movement is as simple as this being a voice for somebody else other than yourself. And for me, I have decided that I am going to be the voice of the entrepreneur. And when I say the entrepreneur, I don't mean the traditional entrepreneur like Richard Branson or Sir Alan Sugar. They probably wouldn't listen to me anyway. But I'm talking more of the solopreneur or the really small business owner who want to get online, but they don't have the big brand behind them like the Virgin Medias or Virgin itself or IBM. They don't have a big marketing department. They don't have uh, an infrastructure like some of these huge organizations. And yet they want to put themselves out there. They want to be found online, but they just don't know how to do it. And so I had decided a couple of days ago that I was going to be the voice. And in fact, I started writing an article that I've not published yet, but I started writing an article about being the voice of the solopreneur. And this morning, as I was coming home, I thought, Yes. Do you know what? Make today the day when you really go for it, when you really start putting out the podcast, not just on this podcast. I launched another podcast yesterday uh, called Getting Maximum Results. It's not on iTunes just yet, but you can go to trishjones.com to listen to that podcast if you are a business owner. And I decided that Be that voice, Trish. Really go for it. Help people create content to put it on their site and show them that it doesn't require a huge marketing department, a PR department, a massive budget even, because that's obviously most people's concern. It doesn't require a massive budget in order to get a presence. And in fact, I believe wholeheartedly that we were created for entrepreneurship. And I remember being in my living room many years ago and just saying to my husband casually, you know, why can't there be a lot more entrepreneurs? I believe that a lot more people can be entrepreneurs. And I remember him saying to me, but, you know, what about people like the dustman? Because we'd already had the conversation about corporations and I'm just like in Jesus's day, I didn't see that they had any big corporations. I mean, probably one of the biggest they'd seen was Abraham. And I said, but even the dustmen, they could be self-employed in their own rights because even in the Old Testament days, even some of the servants had their own small business, you know, whereas now we've actually got this follower mentality and I don't think it's right. You know, God created leaders. So even if they're not entrepreneurs, even if they don't want to start their own business, they'd rather work for somebody else. God, in my view, created leaders and leaders have turned into followers and God needs more leaders. And so 
for me, somebody asked me the other day as well, you know, how is your ministry going? And what they meant was, how was my preaching going? And we were talking about whether I was in full-time ministry and whether they were in full-time ministry. And I went back and I said, I am actually in full-time ministry because when I am not preaching, I am still sharing truth with people in terms of how to do business with integrity. And as far as I'm concerned, I am not ever again going to separate the two. Been there, done that, worn the t-shirt, not going to go back there again. Me and my business and my ministry and God and Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, we are all one. So what I'm doing now is ministry work. What I did yesterday in terms of putting the podcast up, in my view, is ministry work. After I've done this podcast, I will be creating a video for TrishJones.com. It's ministry work because we are truth tellers and we are supposed to display the truth in everything that we do. So you can be like me. Decide to start a movement. What is it that you are passionate about, that you've been thinking about for a long time? You want to be a voice for some group of people and you don't know where to start. I've decided it doesn't make any difference how small my beginning is. The Bible tells us that we are not to despise the days of small beginnings and I'm not going to despise 12, 12, 12. This is the day when I will be starting my movement and I challenge you to do the same. It might be that you have a heart for young girls or you have a heart for young people or you even have a heart for old people. You know, um, my, my husband's been saying for a long time that he really wants to be a voice for the disempowered, the people who basically have got something to give or they need some help from the system but they feel powerless to do anything and it could be because of sickness it could be because they have to look after somebody else who is ill it could be for all kinds of reasons it could be because of a marriage breakup and they've gone into some kind of depression and they want to get out but the system can actually be so cruel and so anyway that's what my husband says that he wants to do. Maybe I'll challenge him and tell him today is 12, 12, 12 and say, are you going to make a decision and do something? We'll see anyway. But I promised you last week that I would be sharing my story with you and I am going to share my story with you, but I'm not going to go into any real depth into my story. And there are a couple of reasons for this. First and foremost, You can go to womenofinfluence.com where you will see the full extent of my story there. You can also go on to either Amazon or on womenofinfluence.com and you will find a copy of the book Refined by Fire, Defining Moments of Phenomenal Women. And my story is actually in that book. It's um, story number seven. The other reason I'm not going to go full-blown into my story is because I really do not think that it is necessary to go into the ins and outs of what has happened sometimes. And I think sometimes we can elaborate on a story and almost get caught up in the moment and and forget that we are not our story. And I think it was when I was reading... Christine Kane's book, Christine Kane's story of how she found out that her biological parents 
sorry, that her mother and father were not her biological parents, but also because of the abuse she went through. She walked into a meeting one day and something was said and it triggered off what had happened in her past and she ran out and she actually went and got help and really sought God for help until she got deliverance from it. But she doesn't go into the ins and outs. And at that point, I thought, you know what? I actually really enjoy this story. And I know that some people feel that it's incomplete, but hear me out now. You're going to get an incomplete story today because there is more to life than just hearing a story. The reason I want to tell you my story today is because I believe that there are women and men, because I get subscribers to women of influence from men as well, and um, they sometimes have gone through the same issues that women have done, but yet men tend to be a little bit more quiet about it. But there are people who have been who are stuck in a time warp. They don't actually know who they are anymore. They've disengaged from family or from themselves even from God without actually even realizing it. And sometimes that disengagement that the enemy creates when you don't realize that you've really disengaged in my view is the worst place to be because you don't know who you are you don't know what you really want you think you know what you want and even worse you don't know how to get out of where you are to go and get what you got i hope all of that makes sense but anyway here's my story my mother was only 15 years old when she had me she was almost 16 and because she was quite young she lived with my grandparents when she came home from the hospital with me. The cute little thing that I was. Okay, I don't know that. My, my dad keeps telling me that I was. <laughs> so you know what? If your daddy tells you that, just take it as read. You know, I'm not listening to anybody else. But anyway, my mum lived with my grandparents. And then three years later, she got pregnant again. And she decided this time that she was going to leave the nest and she was going to set up home on her own. And my grandmother actually suggested that she leave me behind and she would raise me. And I think part of it was so that I could be um, that I could be company to my aunt, who is about 18 months older than me. So my mum left me behind at my grandparents and she went off and lived with my dad and my sister was born. I was raised with my grandparents and in fact actually it's quite funny because I wasn't normal okay <laughs> some people probably say I'm still not normal now but I called my grandparents mummy and daddy and I called my mum and dad by their proper name my mum's name is Teresa and my dad's name is Sam and so I call them Teresa and Sam not anymore but I did back then I was about four years old and I was so I, I, I was actually quite small for my age in fact some people would say quite small for my age now my daughter is almost as tall as me she's 10 years old but I had to stand on the chair and when I stood on the chair I looked my mum in the eye and I said are you my mummy and I remember her laughing and then she said yes why and I went oh and got off the chair and thought nothing more of it really <laughs> reminds me of that story that story of is it the bird that goes round and says to the cow are you my mummy and then he goes looks at the big massive tractor and he says are you my mummy yeah i was kind of like that bird you know going around asking people are you my mummy not not literally but i didn't think much more of it and when i was about i think i was 10 and i overheard a conversation with my mum and my dad 
and they were having an argument at the time and my dad turned around and said that means that so-and-so knows that I'm not Pat's dad and in case someone gets confused because some of the parents did at my daughter's school the other day my name is Patricia and so my family called me Pat when I was younger and I was devastated I thought what on earth is going on and it never really occurred to me see that I called my mum and dad Teresa and Sam and called my my grandparents mummy and daddy to me it was just because that's who I was raised with and so I didn't know any different but I then started thinking is that why I call them by their real name and kind of went on this quest really but I stopped my quest at my cousin. I went to my cousin and I told her what I'd heard. And eventually she went back and spoke to my mum. And my mum eventually came back and spoke to me. And I remember the day so clearly. We were having quite a lot of work done in our house. And my mum came upstairs in the bedroom and she said to me, Sam's not your dad. And how are you? In other words, you know, how do you feel about this? And I must admit, at the time, there was just this kind of feeling that, like, yeah, I'm different. And I turned around, and at the time, I wasn't getting on with my dad particularly well, okay? So I'm going to say now, my attitude really stank. But I turned around and said, good, I'm glad he's not my dad anyway. I take it back now. I take it back. I absolutely love my dad dearly. I really do. And we have a great relationship. And I'm really grateful. I am grateful that I have a mum and dad that I can love so dearly, really. So that was that. And then I'm going to move on to a couple of years now. One, one thing I will say, though, I will say that I did go on this kind of hunt for a long time looking for who was my dad, asking the question, who was my biological father? And you see, I just don't get in our country or any country where women just feel that they don't need a man so much so that they can go along to a sperm bank and pick a sperm and have a baby. Honestly, England, America, I don't care what country... You have no idea, we have no idea what we are setting ourselves up for with all of these wandering children walking around feeling like they don't belong. You know, I'm sorry, if people get offended by what I'm going to say now, they'll have to get offended. If you're a woman and you want a child, go and get married. Not to anybody. I pray that you find the godly man, the right man for you to get married to. But you know what? All of this women's lib has just gone too far it's gone too far and in fact in a couple of weeks time I'm going to be interviewing a young lady who put a comment up on Facebook about women's lib and I was like oh my goodness me you know I think she's only about 23 and I uh, Facebooked her back she's one of my friend's daughters and my friend is a pastor and I said to her will you be interviewed on women of influence bearing in mind what you just said she's not married yet I don't even know whether she's courting dating whatever you want to call it I don't know but I was just so shocked but anyway I just want to say that I really think we are setting ourselves up for a big big issue in the future where we're just going to have all these people wandering around and I, I know of stories where people have felt incomplete until they found their mum or their dad and very recently someone was telling me that they'd gone on holiday on a ship and there was a lady there she was a Jamaican lady and she was with all of her family on the ship and she got talking to the person and said I recently 
reconnected with my father. I knew that something was missing. And when she met her father, she said something in her suddenly felt completed. And she felt complete and she was with, I think, extended family that she didn't know about. That's right, she was with siblings that she hadn't met before from her father and having a great time with them. And it wasn't just about being with the extra siblings. She said it was when she connected with her father. And I could go on about this now and relate that to our Heavenly Father when we're disconnected from our Heavenly Father. But I went on this hunt for what I believed was my right to find my real father. But I didn't really go on a hunt as such. I would just have all of these dreams. In fact, I told my mum one day that I decided that because I didn't know who my biological father was, I could be anybody. And I decided one day that my father was the emperor of Jamaica. (laughs) I wish. But anyway, yeah, she laughed as well. But that aside... Years went by and now I'm 15 years old and I'm still living with my grandparents but I spend quite a lot of time at my mum and dad's house actually. And uh, I left school to come home at lunchtime. It was a couple of weeks after my 15th birthday and my nan was supposed to be taking me to the market to actually buy my birthday present and it's a long story I had actually had a birthday present but it wasn't the right thing and so you know today I was going to have some choice and I remember getting to the bottom of my street and the street was just lined with people just absolutely lined with people and I then I distinctly remember two policemen I feel so sorry for them even today they were trying to lift my cousin up and move her away from the house because she was shouting I want to see my auntie I want to see my auntie and there was a family friend at the bottom of the road and I said what's going on and she just started crying and saying you don't know you've not heard your granny's dead and I remember dropping a notebook that I had in my hand and I ran up the road and in my mind I'm thinking to myself how can diabetes kill so quickly I left mummy in the house this morning and she was okay anyway I soon found out without going into detail that my grandmother had been murdered And then I realised that it was the family friend that I'd let into the house that morning. There was some kind of family feud going on, which I'm being honest with you, I've never got to the bottom of, and I've decided that I'm not going to try and get to the bottom of whatever the family feud was between the two families. And he decided that he was going to get his revenge that day. But it wasn't just my mum that he was after. He had actually a list of people and I do think that, well, they found out afterwards that he was schizophrenic. But anyway, my grandmother was brutally murdered, and when I say brutally murdered, I mean brutally murdered in our home. Uh, In fact, actually, our home I would describe as the Hammer House of Horror. I really disliked my home after that, and even though I spent a couple more years there, I eventually left, and even now I don't particularly want to drive down that street. They have changed the front of the house now, um, because my granddad sold it before he died, actually. But they've they've changed the front of the house. But I took my daughter down there one day just to show her, you know, look, this is where I lived, etc. But other than that, I don't even want to go down there anymore. But as if my troubles weren't over, they were about to begin. And not long after my grandmother was murdered, I was abused. And I make this clear. I don't know how many times I'm going to be able to say this and broadcast this. It was not a member of my family. Okay, my family are innocent. And in fact, they knew nothing about it. 
But the worst thing was knowing that something was about to happen and having no control over the fact that it's going to happen. And I remember one day actually getting on my knees and praying and saying, God, please protect me from this. Don't let this happen to me. And somebody might be thinking to themselves, now, well, Trish, if you prayed, why didn't God protect you? I could ask the same question, but on the other hand, it was not a prayer of faith. It was filled with fear. I had seen that my mother got pregnant early, and so the last thing I wanted was to get into a similar kind of situation. And... You can call it a generational curse, okay, but we have actually found out in our family that a number of people in more or less at the same ages have been abused at a certain age. And there's one lady, actually, I can't pronounce her name, I think it's Kalithia, and she's written a book about abuse, and she's done some research, and what she has actually discovered is that the age of which a lot of girls are abused is in their late teens, uh, mid to late teens. And it's kind of almost crossing that barrier to when it is legal for you to have sex with somebody or when it is fully legal to have sex with somebody. And it's almost to me as if the devil uses that because that's what makes you shut your mouth. And a couple of months, no, it's a couple of years ago now, although I watched it again a couple of months ago with one of my pastors, one of my female pastors, there was a program on TV with these boys in a school in England who had been abused. And one of them said, this was a private school, by the way, a, a um, boarding school. And one of the boys said, and I can't quote it verbatim, although I wrote it down somewhere, Effectively, somebody asked, why didn't you blow the whistle? And he said, because he, what had happened with him, he'd walked into the room and the man had no clothes on and then he kind of pulled the covers back and revealed that he, yes, was in a position ready for sex anyway. And he said, once I was actually in that situation, it was like I consented. It was like I, was a com- I, I complied to what was going on. And he said, and at that point, you're caught. And that's exactly how the devil works. And that's exactly how the devil works with anything, actually. It doesn't even have to be abuse. So even though I prayed, it wasn't a prayer of faith. I really was fearful. I really could see this thing happening, but not knowing how to stop it. And it was to be 14 years before I could actually tell my husband, 14 years into our marriage, before I was able to tell my husband. And that's another part of the story, which if you really want to know more, you can buy the book. And I'm not trying to plug the book, by the way. I don't mind whether you buy the book or not. But as I said, there is reasons why I'm not going to go into full detail with regards to the story right now. But even prior to that... Prior to getting married, I should say, not prior to the abuse. In fact, it was after the abuse, the abuse was over, and I was actually married at the time. And the story came out that my biological father was the man who murdered my grandmother. And so it just felt like more fire on my head. It felt as if, you know, gosh... You know, who is going to listen to me on anything? 
you know, I, my mother was 15 when she had me. I ended up living with my grandparents, and now I realize that people were kind of coming out with all kinds of things. Um, yeah, I'll just leave it there. People were coming out with all kinds of things. And then my grandmother was murdered, and then I was abused, and then I find out that my biological father is the man who murdered my mother. Now, come on, you know, <laughs> some of you have probably already switched off by now. How influential is she? But I'm telling you, I remember the day when my pastor actually asked me to come and tell my story. I, The story had come out, and I had not told my pastor, even though it wasn't that I didn't have a relationship with him. But at that point, it really wasn't that much of public knowledge. And I remember going to speak to him and telling him what had happened and said, you know, this really is the start of my ministry. And I didn't know, by the way, that I was going to tell my story. In fact, my friend in America, who was my coach at the time, very good friend now, and actually one of my clients, she recommended that I should tell my story after it came out and I spoke to her. In fact, she was one of the very first people I told and I was actually waiting to go to America to tell her because I didn't want to tell my husband, but God had told me that I had to tell my husband. And so in the end, I did the right thing and told my husband. And again, that's actually in the book. But I was talking to her on the phone one evening and she said to me, Trish, I really believe that you ought to tell this story. And I said to her, have you gone mad? I have kept this secret for 20 years and now you want me to air my dirty linen in public. And she said, no, 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 really, I think that you ought to tell your story. I think that there are plenty of women out there who need to hear this, who would be blessed uh, by your testimony. And I just basically left it with her that, you know, she's delusional. She'd eaten something that she shouldn't have done, some kind of berries that she picked off the street. And then I was having a conversation with one of the pastors in my church one day, and her name happens to be Christine, but hers is spelt with a C and my friend's is spelt with a K. And I was speaking to Pastor Christine and I said to her, gosh, you know, I've spoken to Christine and Christine suggests that I tell my story. You know, how crazy is that? And she looked at me and she said, yeah, you should. Well, I'm sorry, she doesn't say it like that. Pastor Christine, even though she's Nigerian, she speaks very, very well. Yes, you should. <laughs> I wish she were here now. She would laugh at that. Uh, and, um, and I looked at her and I said, you've gone mad too. I said, are you crazy? 20 years I've kept the secret and now you want me to air my dirty linen in public. And she said, same as Christine, she said, I believe that women would benefit from hearing that. There are plenty of people who've been through what you've been through and now you've come out the other end. But going back to when I spoke to my pastor and he'd asked me, to come and tell my story and it's quite funny actually because I was in America at the time when he rang my husband and said will Trish be able to tell her story on Sunday and my husband said I'm really sorry but she's an American she's not due back until Monday so I was speaking to my mom over the telephone before I left America and I'd said to her um oh she was telling me I should say that she went to a really good Christian and uh dedicate sorry dedication she went to a really good dedication and baptismal service and she was going on about how good the store the service was and telling me all of these stories and when I got back to England I then telephoned her and I'm feeling kind of a little bit low really because I'm thinking I wish I was able to come back to have been able to tell my story and uh, so I felt that it was a missed opportunity but anyway I thought to myself you know what I will 
not look at it as a missed opportunity. So I got on the telephone to my mum and she starts going on about this dedication and baptismal service again that she'd been to. And I said to my mum, where did you go to church on Sunday? Because my mum's not a Christian. Where did you go to church? She said, your church, of course. And I just started laughing. So she said, why are you laughing? I said, Pastor Pete had asked me to tell my story. And I wasn't there, so I wasn't able to tell my story. And I said it wouldn't have been good to have told my story with my mum and her posse in the house. (laughs) So my mum said, oh, you were the one that he was talking about because apparently he kept it a mystery, wouldn't tell them who it was and said that she couldn't be here today. And so my mum is now telling me that I'm telling my story the week after. And I said, oh, she said, yes. She said he announced that you would be telling, he didn't say you because he wouldn't say who it was, but you're telling your story on Sunday and so anyway I told my story on Sunday on the Sunday but when I was sat there uh, the week before I would just say this that if I could have copped out I would have copped out copped out by the way in England means that you you get out of it you're finding some way of getting out of it and I would have I would have got out of it and one day I actually telephoned my husband at work and said I'm not doing this and he said why not and I said because I don't think people are ready for this and he just told me straight tell your story But I got into church that morning and mouth is dry, head is spinning, heart's beating fast, hands are sweating, everything is going on and I'm thinking, God, I do not want to do this. And then the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, if you go up there and nobody else approves of you, I approve of you. And then we sang Israel Hooten's song, I lift up my hands standing unashamed. I worship you, Father, exalting your name. You captured my heart. Now my life has changed. And that story, I don't know whether, that song, I don't know whether it was deliberate that morning that they decided to sing that song. But God knows that was the fuel (laughs) that got my backside off my chair onto the platform that day. And also the fact that the Holy Spirit had told me that he approved of me. And so I have given you my story. I have told you my story. I have told you where I've come from. And I'm telling you, over the years, God has had to work on me, do some work on me to stop me from living in the past, past to stop me from thinking that I am not worthy because Jesus Christ died for us to enable us to be worthy but sometimes we walk around as if we're not worthy and I remember putting together a blueprint for my story and I said to God what is it that you want people to know because I don't particularly want to go into the ins and outs and depth of what happened with the abuse and go into all of the story in the book with regards to my grandmother and the circumstances surrounding it what is it that you want these people these women to hear And I left my house to go to the supermarket. And as I got out of the car, the Holy Spirit said to me, I want you to speak to them about the recording that they keep playing over and over again about themselves. And I want you to tell them that that is not their story, that they don't have to live with what happened in their past but they are to see themselves as I see them. And that's not verbatim because I can't remember exactly what was said and I I thought I'd created a diary entry of it. I know it's somewhere. 
but in essence what the Holy Spirit was saying stop playing that recording of what happened in your past stop telling yourself that you're not worthy stop saying that it's because this has happened to me that I'm now like this because Jesus Christ died to clear up all of that mess the way that God sees us is through Christ Jesus and if we think that God sees us any other way it is called self-righteousness and we cannot get to heaven with our self-righteousness I'm going to say that the church has been partly responsible for people feeling the way they feel and I'm not going to prolong this podcast much much more but one thing I will do want to say before I'm done is what has been going on in England and if you've not seen the news we had a celebrity back in the 70s and he died I think a year ago or two years ago called Jimmy Savile and it's now come out that Jimmy Savile had got into hospitals and children's hospitals and got involved with children's work and all of these children were abused and I'm not even sure what the number is right now but it's a lot of them and now that they're finding there was a ring of them and some of them have been interviewed and they were talking about how their lives have been damaged and right now I believe that there are some people who are sat scared oh my goodness me and in fact we've had a recent case of sad to say a pastor who had abused his daughters when they were younger and one of them could not move on in fact when she came out with her story the other siblings didn't talk to her because they thought it was despicable that she went and opened her mouth and told lies on their father and then it came out that the other one had said actually you weren't the only one it was me too And some people would argue, why don't these people who were abused by Jimmy Savile or all these other people or this particular pastor's children, why didn't they shut their mouth? Some people just cannot move on. And this particular lady could not move on. And in fact, the pastor got nine years imprisonment for uh, the abuse and uh, just a number of other things as well. Jimmy Savile's dead, but he's left behind a huge amount of mess that needs to be cleaned up. But that is why Jesus Christ died, so that the mess could be cleaned up, so that yesterday's story does not have to go into our future. And I I want to encourage you right now, whether your story is similar to mine or whether it is worse than mine, or whether it is, you know, kind of squeaky clean, but you stole from the corner shop, whatever it is that you are replaying in your mind and thinking that you're not worthy you are unworthy jesus christ died to make you worthy and i don't believe what the holy spirit said to me that day is relevant only to me if no one else approves of you god approves of you and so remember what i said we are not living in our own self-righteousness we are living through jesus christ and we are the righteousness of god in christ jesus and i'm talking to you if you're born again if you're not born again i want you to stop holding back and thinking religiously jesus christ died to give you life and life more abundantly not so that we could go to church and lift our hands up in the air shout loud praise the lord and come back home and nothing's changed that's what some christians have reduced living through christ has been about it's not about that at all it is not about that and church as i said has been guilty 
of allowing you to be happy so long as you're squeaky clean, so long as so long as you've come from a nice little church family and everything's okay, or if you're the prostitute and you come in from outside into the church, everybody welcomes you with open arm. Let them find out that something has happened in their church or a secret that you, they didn't know about. They didn't know about, and suddenly you bring it to the forefront. Oh my goodness gracious me. They, they almost want to pick up stones and stone you. And so, again... There could be people listening to this that would think, Trish, you've gone too far. No, I've not gone too far. It has got to stop. This self-righteousness has to stop. This preaching about um, people's, or should I say judging people by what has happened in their past has got to stop. You know, my past is what I did this morning. If I did anything wrong this morning, which I haven't, I, well, <laughs> I probably said or done something wrong, but I can't think of it. But I'm being exaggerative now when I'm saying that was this morning. This is now. This is a new day. Going back to 12, 12, 12, it is a new day. And you have a choice as to whether you're going to live in your yesterday story or whether you're going to make your story match the story that God designed for you before the foundation of the world. My recommendation is that you find out what God wanted for you. You live the life that Christ died for you, and you live that abundant life, that you live the life without carrying the burdens of yesterday. Drop them off and leave them there where they are, and you decide that as of today, 12, 12, 12, that you are going to live an exemplary life. And that doesn't mean that it's going to be perfect. You're going to make all kinds of mistakes. We all do. But the Bible says that there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. If you're in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please go to either womenofinfluence.com or you can go to iTunes and subscribe. Leave your comments in at the bottom of the blog post. You can also send me a direct message via the contact form on the contact page of my site. I'd love to hear from you and I look forward to speaking to you again next week. Mm-hmm.